We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. Hello, my name is Carol Chiwanuka. I live in Stuttgart, German. I am doing an Ausbildung. What is an Ausbildung? A vocational training. I'm doing a vocational training with children in, in kindergarten, in after school care with very small, small children. Yeah, and I'm happy to be hosted on a podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much, Karo Chuanuka, and we are happy today to talk with Karo Chuanuka, <laughs> our guest. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I would like to have a conversation with you about so many other things, as you told me, what we could talk about. So let me hear your true story. Mm. Yeah. So my friend, you know, I live in Germany right now and I'm studying, doing an Ausbildung. And during this time, you face different challenges, different people. You meet different types of people and different kinds of people. Yeah. So one time... I was with my friend after class, standing on the road. I was had spent some days without seeing him. And he was, oh, Karo, how are you doing? How is everything? I'm there explaining myself, asking. Mm-mm-mm. Then a woman, I don't know her. I don't, I've never seen her. Then she comes and she touches my hair. She's like, oh, my goodness, this hair. How do you carry it? How do you make it? I was surprised because I had never had that before. She's German. She's asking me in German, and I was okay. Uh, I started catching my hair, pulling it away from her. I'm telling her, yeah, I can carry it. It is not a problem. I had this long purple hair, and she's. I think she was very surpri- surprised seeing like a lot of hair on my small head, small face, and... Yeah, so she started asking me. And then after that, I started having the same kinds of problems, same things, facing the same things over and over and over. And I had never faced that when I was in Uganda. No one has ever touched my head and asking me, wow, this is hair, oh, this, mm -mm." I've never had that. So I was really surprised to have this here in Germany. Mm. Yeah. So so this brings the same question. So... um, the thing of hair here in German. Mm. I mean, maybe in Europe, maybe someone sees you, you have a different kind of hair. Mm. I think someone touching your hair is, impoli- is, is being impolite. Mm-hmm. Someone should maybe ask you, 
Yeah, I would feel better if someone asks me that. Mm. Can I touch your hair? I would not refuse. Mm. Yeah, I don't touch their hair, I think. <laughs> I don't ask someone that, can I touch your hair? But I think I'm not that bad. I would let them, yeah, touch my hair if you want, because I know I have beautiful hair. Mm. Yeah, I would yeah, let them touch me. beautiful, hair. that's true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would let them touch my hair, mm. but with asking, of course, yeah. This is a common question with people. People ask themselves most times when, if someone should ask them or they should not ask them. But to me, because I've read mm. and the experiences that sometimes someone asks you, is that real your hair? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. Why not? That's real my dreads. Mm. This, that's real my hair. Mm. Why are you asking me? Mm. <laughs> but of course, they like, yeah. And then you see someone bringing their hands and like, no, please don't touch. Mm-hmm. I always tell them, please mm-hmm. don't touch. touch. That is true. You reminded me. Mm. <laughs> One day mm. I was in class. I had combed my hair, natural hair, no braids, no nothing. And I go in class, very happy, very beautiful. I made up putting on nice clothes. I was really feeling powerful. So I enter class, everyone was happy. Oh, Carol, I had never done that. Wow, your hair, I looked like a sunshine, maybe, I don't know. And then they started asking me, is that your real hair? I'm like, yes, this is my real hair. Then one girl, she comes from Georgia, not Georgia. She's, she's like, no, that is not your real hair. I'm like, what? This is my real hair. She's like, no, it is not your real hair. I'm like, are you my mother? And then she kept, she's like, she kept quiet and she did not ask me that thing again. So the next day she was curious. She wanted to touch it to prove if it is my hair. And I'm like, dude, this is my hair. Yeah, do you want to touch it? And she's like, yeah, because she started coming closer to me, like showing you these, uh, these eyes I want to touch, I want to touch. I'm like, yeah, touch it. So she touched it and she was like, yeah, this is your hair. You know, I, for me, I feel like Hair is something that, that is very personal. It's like any other part of the body. So you don't have to just bring your hands and start touching it. Mm-hmm. That's and a clear point. If I tell you it is my hair, it is my hair, <laughs> it is my natural hair, don't ask more questions. Why do you ask if it is really my hair? Why? Did, did, did you ask her and did she give you her answer? No, why? I wish I asked her. Do you think there are some reasons why people keep asking for an African woman, if that's your real hair. Yeah, I think so. Because I think that uh, in their culture or in their regions, they have not seen that. And Mm. with us, they don't know our culture and they do not know what is real and what is non-real. So they get confused. Because for me, this is my real hair. When I comb my hair, it is my hair. But there are some people who have less hair on their heads and they put wigs which mm. looks like my hair. So for them, it is hard when they find someone who has the same kind of hair, which looks like man and me, who has the real hair, mm. then it will be hard for them to tell which is real and which is not real. Yeah. But I think asking, sometimes asking is rude, but also sometimes asking is good. Mm. And it, it is also the way how you ask. Ask, don't be like, if someone gives you an answer, that is their answer. Don't try to put your answer there because you wanted to know when you asked. You know, mm, I get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, have you ever experienced when someone defines you because of your hair? For example, for me, mm. I experienced it both in Uganda and here in Germany. Mm. For example, in Uganda, because I have dreads, people think 
I am a drug addict. Mm. I I am I'm not responsible. Mm. I am someone who has failed in life. <laughs> Dreads in Uganda are defined with all bad stereotypes. Yes, I have also faced that like that way where people judge me because of my hair. Mm. Because uh for example, I will also give an example when I was in Uganda, mm. people I'm small, I'm slim. People think that the hair was drinking me or I don't know how to explain that, but they say that all the nutrients that are supposed to make me fat, they are going in my hair. You know, so they advised my mom that I should cut my hair off. And my mom cut my hair off. Oh my God, I hated her. Because for me, this is something that makes me feel powerful as a, a girl, as a woman. And then someone gives my mom advice that they should cut it off. And I literally, I, I hated everyone, everyone that was saying that. And then when I came here, um, everyone is like, they look at me. When you're walking on the streets, everyone gives you this eye like, I don't know which eye I, like I don't know what that eye means, but you, I feel when I was in Vangen, I walk on the street. Where is Vangen? That is in Algoi, Süddeutschland, uh, yes. South Germany. Mm. Yeah. So when I was walking, that is where I, I did my FSJ, uh, so uh, Sozial Arbeit. Yeah, volunteer service. Volunteer service. Thank mm. you. Yeah. So when I was walking on the roads, I had different types of hair. Let's say every one month or every two months. Sometimes I combed my hair, sometimes I had it in different colors. So for me, I think that in that region, there were less black people, less black girls. And you walk on the streets and everyone is looking at you. I used to feel so bad. I used to hate myself because everyone was looking at me and I could not find what was wrong with me because for me, I thought that I was okay. I was normal. And so when someone looks at you, then I realize, okay, maybe it is because of my hair or maybe it is because of the way how I dress. I started changing the way how I dressed. I started changing my hair. I did not open my hair again. I had it braided all the time. And I also changed the road that I was using. But then my friend came to visit me. She, I told her my problem, what I was facing that time. And she told me that, Carol, your hair is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. Everyone would love to see your hair just be yourself, just be who you are, just embrace your hair, embrace who you are. And I started doing that and I felt better. I felt okay. And I feel so happy even when I have my hair open to show everyone this is who an African woman is. This is how I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to hide my hair because people look at me because people want to touch it. I tell them, do not touch. If you want to touch, ask me. I will let you touch it. Exactly. And it's your decision whether you say yes exactly or not yes so have you ever experienced a moment where you feel like here in German you want to cut off your hair <laughs> no mm. I am this kind of person who is very independent mm. I know people face it so hard that they cannot do their hair but for me I go an extra mile if someone cannot help me with my hair because I always you always need someone to help you with your hair because if it is too much it is hard and all that stuff but I always go an extra mile I learn things on the internet from YouTube and mm. everywhere I read how can I make my hair how can I do it myself if someone is not there to help me you know when I was at home my mom washed my hair my siblings my nephews they unplated it they plated it so I had it was just luxury. 
when I came here, it is a single man power. Mm. I have to do it myself. But it had never crossed my mind to say that, Carol, please cut off your hair. It is too much. No, I say I will manage it. Like managing any other situation in life, I will manage it. <laughs> this is just hair and it doesn't speak. It is me to rule it. So I've never had that. And I'm very happy and I'm keeping on fighting for it. It will not put me down. Mm. I will fight for this hair and I will plate it. I will make it however I want. What is your take? What do you say about people who put wigs, the fake hair? I don't know if that's right to call it hair. <laughs> I think it's not fake hair. It is mm. fake hair. It is. I think I would say it is um, not fake, but rather it is in a way of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, f- I think sometimes I also put on wigs because sometimes this hair is too much to be honest you need a lot to do to make it look the way how it looks you know and if you do not put on wigs sometimes how are you going to manage it yeah but if you're putting if you're putting it on every day i would say that embrace yourself embrace your hair embrace your naturality yeah take a moment make your hair open let it breathe you know, don't put it on wigs every day. I don't support it. I don't feel so good or so powerful when I'm putting on wigs. I, I always have this insecurity in me, thinking that what if someone touches it without my permission and it falls off? You know, do you know how much uh, embarrassment I will be living in at that moment? So when I am putting on wigs, I always think of this moment when it is falling off. So I have to make sure that it is first on my head, like it is very, very there. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like people should embrace themselves. They should embrace their hair. They should love it. Just love the way how they, the way how it is. Mm. Um, I like your point of that. Uh, people should embrace their hair, love it, put the wig if they wish. It's their decision, mm-hmm. and it's also a form of art that people can definitely use it whenever yeah. they want, but they should embrace their hair. Um, I want to just share with you a personal experience mm. because of my dreads. Yeah. Uh, one time, I and my wife mm. were in Uganda, and then I had to go and visit my sister mm. in a in a police barracks. The police barracks is more of like um, the, the quarters or the quarters where policemen live with their families. Because my sister, she's a police officer, so I decided to go and visit her mm. with my wife. By then, she was my girlfriend. Mm. So because she had called me, Otaku, yeah, you are around and you are there with your your wife or my by by then my girlfriend. Mm. Could you pay a visit? Yeah. Visit me. I told my girlfriend, yeah, why don't we visit her since we are here a short time and then we shall be traveling back to Germany. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to visit my sister. Mm-hmm. Enter the barracks, the quarters of the police policemen or the police officers, I was denied. Why? What the policeman at the entrance said, he said, you have hair for girls, friends. <laughs> you are not supposed to enter this barracks, this quarter with your hair. What? That was how I was denied go and see my sister mm-hmm. because of my dreads. I was pushed out of the palace and said, yeah, this woman, she can go, but you, you yeah. stay here because of your hair. You are like a woman. <laughs> yeah. 
I was really, yeah, it, it hurts because mm. it takes time to really grow your dreads. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time to grow your dreads because, and also you had everyone said, yeah, we don't know if you use drugs. You know, you mm. people with dreads, yeah, we use drugs. We don't know. Mm. In Uganda, it's like, I don't know how to define that in English, but someone who's a failure, or maybe yeah. a drug addict, a criminal. Mm. Yeah. You have dreads. So that's how I was denied to go and see my sister mm. with my girlfriend. So I had to turn around and go back. And mm. then I called my sister and I told her, I cannot come to your place because at the entrance of the police barracks, mm. they have told me I can't come to, I can't enter inside because of my dreads. Mm. Then she said, no problem, let me come and I pick you myself. Yeah. And the person there was like, ah, this is your brother, but he has women's hair. Mm. Let him cut off that women's hair. That's how sad it was. Yeah, I can uh, You get imagine. that. Mm. Also, have you ever been denied somewhere because of your hair? Uh, in school. Mm. The Ugandan school system, the mm. way how it dictates that girls or children should cut off their hair before they come to school. Where you are at school, you cannot estimate how your hair will grow because let's say, after three weeks, my hair has already grown, and a teacher comes in with um, this thing. How do they call a it? Caesar. Yeah, a Caesar or mm. a machine to cut off people's hair or children's hair off mm. their heads because it has grown. Because the school system says that no one is supposed to have hair. I have faced that like a lot in school, in the Ugandan school system. I really don't like it. I really find it that, yeah. If kids want to grow their hair, they should have that freedom, you know. Mm. And then the most unsaddest thing is that these people, let's say the Indians, let's say the um, Chinese, any other people from other countries or children from other countries were let to have their hair. Their hair was not touched. But you, a Ugandan child, a Ugandan boy or a Ugandan girl, your hair was cut off before you enter the school gates. I don't know how to call that. I don't know which sort of discrimination that is, but that is bad. I really find it very disappointing that our system, our government lets that to go on and on. If they want to have it uniform, why don't they cut off everyone's hair? Why don't they cut off even the Indian kids' hair? Why? Yeah, I can't say that. I personally also studied in a school system from Uganda and we are always told to cut off our hair mm. whenever it grew. I felt also the same way, really so sad. But of course, this uh, school where I was, we had some foreigners. They could leave them to be with their hair. Mm. For example, if they are coming from Europe or from Asia, they could leave them to have their hair. Yeah. But you as a Ugandan and African, you were told to always cut off your hair mm. before you come to school. Yeah. But I think this is because of the colonial system. Yeah. When the colonialists came to Africa, they told Africans to always cut off the hair mm. to get a job. Because they said that their hair was smelling, mm. their hair was dirty. So they told people to cut off their hair. And in Uganda, to be employed for any job, you should always have short hair mm. as a man. You are not allowed to have dreadlocks. 
you cannot go to teach in school with mm-hmm. dreadlocks. Even politicians that have made it, mm. even those that had dreadlocks, they cut them off. Mm. You get that, for example, Robert Chagulani. Yeah. He had dreads, you know, when he was voted to become a member of parliament, mm. he had to cut off his hair. Yeah. There are other musicians that were campaigning in Ugandan politics, they had to cut off their hair. Mm. You get that? Yeah. So it's so sad that it is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading, uh, like in the past weeks, I was reading a little bit about women and like black history, a little mm. bit. And this is where I came with, I found this thing of hair, where people were cut off their hair, the women, you, you're the only woman in this working office and you had to cut off your hair. They saw your hair as a threat. But people are supposed to live the way how they want. People are supposed to embrace their hair. People are supposed to embrace themselves. Because I believe that if your hair, if you don't have hair on your head, I think you feel naked. It's like you have no clothes on. That is really important yeah. because hair is part of our body. So I should not cut yeah. it off if I don't want to cut it off. Yeah. It is my choice to cut off my dreadlocks. Exactly. Unless <laughs> it's a medical issue. Yeah. yeah. Unless, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, I mm. work in kindergarten mm. where children also find it exciting or fascinating. I don't know how to, or interesting when they see my hair every month, new color. <laughs> and one time a child told me, Carol, your hair looks like ropes. <laughs> yeah, I laughed because these are kids and if they want to touch, I tell them, please ask. Don't just touch. Then when they ask, I let them touch. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really nice because as in children all over the world, they, they learn and they ask questions. And it's mm. very important to we as adults to always answer these questions. Mm. Yeah. Even in Uganda, mm. children could ask me, <laughs> why do you have hair, hair for women? <laughs> And then I could tell them these are dreadlocks. I can I make them the whole dreads. Mm. Yeah, it's my real hair. I just make dreads, and then they know. Mm. Even here in Europe, here in German, when because I work in a kindergarten, mm. I find children asking me, "What is that hair? How do you call your hair? Can I touch your hair?" Mm. And then I'm like, "Yeah, you can touch." And they say, "Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful hair." I tell them too, mm. and I say, "I love it." They will also <laughs> love yours. So yeah. it's, 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 it's the more fun we have talking about hair. Mm. And, you know, it's so beautiful that because if you don't tell them that you should ask me to touch tomorrow, they are going to find another person with the hair like yours, and mm. they will just touch because they were not told. Yeah, and they are supposed to learn. Yeah, what? How do you define that when someone touches your hair? someone like here in Europe how do you define that I, your personal I think for me not as a profession but no I'm not a profession I'm mm. not a hair profession mm. I'm not a hair stylist I'm just Carol mm. yeah I think that that is disrespect and that is being rude that is being impolite that is yeah I don't like it ask it's like the same way how the Bible says ask and it shall be given, mm. you know. Will not be yeah. given. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I really find it rude, yeah, that someone just touches your hair. 
because I believe that this person who is just touching your hair does not want to just be touched. Mm. Like seriously, if you touch their dogs, if you touch their anything, their personal belongings, they would be very rude to you. They would say, don't touch, you know, and then they expect to just touch you mm. and then you don't react. No, 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 no. I will react. Mm. Yeah. I will tell them don't touch. <laughs> yeah. I mean like uh, in your own uh, your personal view. Mm. What would you say for anyone who's like having this African hair or maybe living here in German or Europe? Mm. What would you say about them if they are having personal just like what you said you felt at some point you want to stop covering all to keep covering your hair what? Mm. I would say that be who you are just let that person in you shine outside do not hide yourself because people force you to just tell the people your limits tell them I do not want be put yourself out there and tell the people what you want do not let them to step on you I believe that everyone is powerful in their own ways and just embrace who you are. Be who you are. Do not let anyone make you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. Because for me, I believe that you come from wherever you come. You are capable of something. You are someone. Do not let someone put you down because of your hair, because of your skin color, because of you, the way how you dress just embrace yourself embrace who you are mm. but do you know that in my culture like in where I'm, I'm from where i come from in, in busoga mm. in uganda eastern region hair is something really very important mm. when i was growing up they could tell us when you cut off your hair don't <laughs> just throw it around yeah keep it safe where it is that no one will ever find your hair. Yeah. Or throw it where you cannot find it. Or burn it. Or burn it. Mm. Because we're always saying someone can use your hair to bewitch you, which <laughs> I don't know whether it's true. Yeah. Did you hear such a thing? Yes, they also How it in your comment or when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Mm. Even when I was growing up, even now, let's say if I'm at home, when my mom combs my hair, she will hide it. Because she still believes that. That is still, I think, everywhere, even in my culture, mm. in Muganda culture. It mm. is also there that, yeah. you And I think especially when you have mm. never cut off your hair when you were a child. Because they um, they emphasize people to cut off kids' children's mm. hair when mm. they have just, like, when they grow. And then the, they cut off that first hair because someone can do anything to you. People can make you go crazy. Mm. I don't believe that. I don't know if I believe that, but those are stories that we are told by our ancestors and they are still mm. being told even right now. So I think I also do that. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I think I do that because even when I combed my hair here, I had to collect every small bit. I was looking for it all over the ground. My hair should not be anywhere. I had to keep it. I still have it in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i think i believe that i think those are the things that you believe when you do not want to believe but you believe unknowingly and then you do the way how your ancestors did mm. because trust me even at my place i 
comb my hair. I collect it. I have a bunch of hairs. If you want to bewitch me, come at my place. I have hair. <laughs> yeah, so part. I mean, where, where in Uganda, hair has touched so many cultural mm. practices. Mm. Yeah, and so so beauty. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to just ask you if there's anything else that you'd want to talk about hair. Oh. And by the way, what mm. do you think of the Germans or the U- Europeans mm. who have dreadlocks? What do you think about that? I think every human being has the right to do dreadlocks when mm. they want to do dreadlocks. Mm. Dreadlocks, I don't think they are for one race. Anyone mm. can do dreadlocks. It's their choice. Yeah. I, I personally, I did dreadlocks because of my personal reasons. Yeah. Why did I do dreadlocks? Because when I was studying in Uganda, mm. they always told us to cut off our hair. Mm. And I never had hair. Mm. That's point number one. Number two, people could always laugh at my hair because it was small hair. <laughs> that kind of hair that you, if, a, if a Ugandan would understand kaweke, <laughs> I don't know how you call kaweke in English, but it's that kind of hair that is not too much hair like yours. Poor quality. It's, it's not poor quality, but it's, 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 that's the design of it. Yeah. yeah, it's that's the beauty of it that is not too much, but yeah. it's small and strong. Yeah. So that kind of hair I had, mm. you get that. <laughs> so people could laugh at it. Mm. And three, I wanted to re, to stop the colonial continuity of me cutting off my hair, which was brought by the colonialists from Europe. Yeah. That we, we should cut off our hair because it is dirty, mm-hmm. it is smelling, it's not clean. Mm. I said, no, I keep my dreadlocks. Yeah. However much I was denied to go in so many places because of my dreadlocks, I did not cut them off. Mm. And they are not the best dreadlocks, <laughs> but I love them. <laughs> <laughs> You get that? Yeah. So that, that, that's why I did my dreadlocks. And that's how much I love my hair. Mm. That's how much I love it. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that you are really a powerful man. You are strong. Because there are so many men that I've seen who have gave, given up and cut off their dreadlocks because of the Ugandan system, because of the society. What the society says that yeah. man cannot have hair. Man, you're not al- allowed to go here. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to have these kinds of jobs. Some have mm. really cut cut their hair off, but you, my friend, you yeah, are strong. I'm lucky here that I'm working in German, <laughs> where yeah. I can work with my hair anywhere, my dreadlocks. Yeah. But in Uganda, I was a teacher mm. of high school. I was not allowed to wear dreadlocks. I was mm. not allowed to have dreadlocks. I was not allowed to have too much hair <laughs> on my head. Wow. You see, that's mm. how po- the system, hair discrimination is a somatic discrimination that has been created mm. in Uganda it was brought by the colonialists yeah and up to date we we still do it i don't know why we still have to tell people to cut off their hair to get a job mm. because i think it is from the roots you know there's when the colonialists came in they put it to our grand grand grandparents which they put, put it, it in on, the system yeah they put it in the system so it is really really hard to clean it up you have to start with the roots by the way there is a guy i stay in stuttgart there is this guy he's african he has hair like my hair like so much he combs it every day like boom afro 
he looks so good oh my god when every time i look at this guy i'm like yeah you you are good you are really looking good because even men who have hair here maybe they plate some small things they don't let it like mm. be open but this guy he he inspires me to be honest he inspires me every time i meet him i'm like yeah go man <laughs> like, yeah yeah but also one thing i've realized in uganda for example when i was living in uganda mm. people of dreadlocks knew each other <laughs> someone could find you and could stop and say hello how are you mm. just because of the the hair the hair but also there were some other good things the people who could trust people's dreadlocks mm. i found so many opportunities where people trusted me because of my dreadlocks they were like we, we don't have a problem with you you can come mm. because we're dreadlocks we trust trusters yeah. yeah and then there's something i just remembered mm. i don't know maybe i can use it in the podcast it's so interesting so um i was on a project doing a campaign with children to stop child trafficking in Uganda mm. and i was in school with my dreadlocks yeah i went to the school and i was given permission to work with the children and the ed teacher the teacher who's in charge of the school was not there we started working with the children then when the teacher came by to see the people who were working with the children it was me otako with dreadlocks <laughs> the teacher stopped the session and said no we cannot have our children work with you because of your dreadlocks they stopped me from working mm. they chased me out and they left the other people to work but remember the people, the people who i was working with i was the boss yeah i was the one with the concept and the idea of working with the children so when they stopped me these other people said but that is our boss yeah. so if he's gone we cannot work the school said if you cannot work then all of you go <laughs> because of your dreadlocks we are not working oh, i man. left the school i came back the next day and i told the teacher look i have dreadlocks but you have stereotypes about mm. dreadlocks that is not right that it's is. not that it's not true mm. look with my dreadlocks i've worked with so many schools like this and this I've inspired so many young people. Why can't I just work with your children in mm. your school, in your community? I was somewhere in a village in northern Uganda where dreadlocks are stereotypes too. Mm. That is really that negative. Mm. It is so sad that And people still think like that. You know, because people have one side of the story. Mm. They don't know why <laughs> someone has dreadlocks. How beautiful and handsome someone can be with their dreadlocks yeah but their anyway. hair mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see how i've suffered with my hair yeah <laughs> you have struggled <laughs> you have gone through hills and lakes and rivers and everything mm. yeah but thank you so much for hosting me you're welcome i'm happy to have hosted you again on our podcast Thank you for listening to our podcast Music by Edwin Matovo hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website yemaitrustory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.